You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Strevel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. The Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus is the content of this book. Primarily, that's the thing. It's what God gave to Jesus. The faithfulness is in transmitting that same God-given testimony uh, till it's recorded in this book. See? All right. Then, verse 3 says, Blessed... Blessed. Now that's a, uh, you know, seven times you'll read that word in the, in Revelation. In chapter 1, verse 3 here. In chapter 14, chapter 16, chapter 19, chapter 20, chapter 22. Twice in chapter 22. Now, if you uh, have read the, the book to know those chapters, why well, you can tell what to mean. And if you're familiar with the chapters, then you need to, you need to get familiar uh, with the with the chapters of Revelation. All right, now, now in uh, verse 14 is a chapter uh, pronounced, Blessed are they that die. See, the dead that die in the Lord. Chapter 16 is man that, that watches, that endures. See, 16th chapter is, is your, uh, is your uh, tribulation chapter, the Bible, see, uh, the bold judgment is about to, uh, the wrath of God is about to be poured out. So there's blessed on that man that endures, that stands true, that watches, see. All right, in chapter 19, 19 is a chapter of blessed uh, is the, are those that are invited. The, the uh, marriage feast of the Lamb is being announced. It hadn't come, it hadn't taken place, but it's announced. And blessed are they that are, uh, are invited to that feast, see? Alright? Then, in chapter 20, chapter 20 is your chapter on your uh, resurrection, see? Uh, blessed is he uh, that hath part, you know, in the first resurrection. For of such the second death, see, has no power, no authority over him. Well, chapter uh, 22 is the last chapter in the book. Blessed is he that keeps the words of this prophecy. He's looking back now, see. He's, uh, this uh, faithful, uh, the faithfulness to the testimony and the word of God has been written. Now then, he looks back and pronounces a blessing on the one that, uh, that keeps the words of this prophecy. And, and then the second time, he adds, uh, in addition to the prophecy, to the commandments. The things that God requires in this book. Well... Uh, then he says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear. Now that's not talking about uh, uh, you going home tonight and studying this book. It's not pronouncing a blessing on you if you go in your study and sit there day in and day out and read that book. That's not the blessing pronounced here. It has no reference to uh, individual Bible study. This goes back to Nehemiah. And it started in the book of Daniel, days of Daniel. 
uh, when Nehemiah, you go back to the eighth chapter of Nehemiah. It, well, I tell you what, it it won't hurt us to take time to uh, to read. Uh, the eighth eighth chapter. You see the synagogue idea of worship, no doubt originated in Babylon uh, under Ezra, Nehemiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet down in in Babylon. But now in uh, and Nehemiah was uh, the last to come back from captivity, you know, to build the walls and so on. All right, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man. I'm in Nehemiah 8, chapter, verse 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the Lamos, Lord, and into Israel. And Ezra the priest, and then if you drop on down to uh, where he built him a, a pulpit out of wood, you know. He he got up on it and, uh, in verse uh, verse five, uh, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. See, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people. And then verse eight, so they read the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Now. I'll just read those hurriedly in order for you to get this idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Verse 3, And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, both before the men and the women, and those that could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. You see what, what, what we have here? We have, we have Ezra reading. Ezra the priest, reading out of the book of the law, the Bible, all the Bible they had. And they didn't have copies of it. All they, they, they just had it, uh, get it by word of mouth. See, there's very few, very few copies had been made. And the people gathered out in the streets and uh, to listen to him. He made him a pulpit, got up on that pulpit and he read it. And then when he read this book, uh, he gave the sense, he, he explained it. He, he made all of them, the ones that could, the youngest, from the youngest that had understanding. Uh, you see, that's quite a little variance to the Sunday school graded department. But they had all of these in the same crowd, the youngest one to the oldest one, see. And the, uh, and the, this blessing over here in Revelation is, Blessed is he that, uh, that uh, readeth, and they that heareth the words of this book. It's... Uh, Whenever the book was read publicly in uh, Luke 4, in it where Jesus came to Nazareth, you know, as his custom was. He went in the temple and he stood up uh, as the rest of them and they'd stand up for the reading. And then after a while, why, uh, they gave him the book and he took the book and he read from Isaiah 61. And he stopped and then they Closed the book and he said, and he said, and he, and he said, this today is this prophecy fulfilled in your ears. See, and uh, then in Acts 
the 13th chapter and, and 15th verse, uh, they were in Antioch in Pisidia, and uh, they were in a synagogue. And there was a public reading of the scriptures. And then after they read publicly, they uh, they asked him if, uh, you know, if Paul, Paul, you got anything to say? You want to say anything? Yeah, Paul always had something to say. And then in Colossians uh, 4.16, that's a verse that we read uh, a while ago. But now I, I want you to uh, to see that because that one is a, is a key verse. And when this epistle is read among you, you see, they didn't have a Bible at home. They couldn't read it at home. No, no. What I'm trying to show you is that uh, uh, that uh, uh, people today have got a book that people died to even write it in order to give us the opportunity and the privilege of reading this book. They died, gave their life for it. But now look, and when the, this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the lot descends. Take it over there. Don't uh, don't lose it, but don't sit on it. Don't let the dust get on it. See? Take it to the lot descend. Let them and read it to there. So this blessing is on that man that stands up in that synagogue, that church, and that has that will get a hold of this book. And of course, to these are the seven churches, see? Now you, uh, you at Ephesus, you take this, take it on over there and give it to the church at, uh, at, uh, at Smyrna. When you read it at Smyrna, take it on up, uh, to Pergamos. When you get through at Pergamos, send it down to Thyatira. And, and then from Thyatira, come on down to Sardis. And then to Philadelphia. And then don't deny it to Laodicea, let them have it too, see? Cause this is all written in one book. And, uh, oh, there are many other, Passages, First uh, Thessalonians five uh, twenty-seven. Uh, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. No, the holy brethren didn't have this book; they couldn't study it. You couldn't. Paul couldn't command them or, or request them to read, study the Bible at home. They didn't have it. This was they had the first edition. They had a rare edition as a copy. That is a real thing. See? Today, if you if you had that uh, edition, why it'd bring a hundred five hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. at an auction, just on a commercial basis. And now then, so back over here to the verse, he says, "Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy." Now, brother, this was to be read publicly. You know the word. Though. Greek word? Korea. Now, uh oh. Anagonosko. Yeah. Yeah. Now, see, this this is a thing. Uh, this book is to uh, read, uh, I, but, but it was their worship. There was no such thing. A preacher didn't get up and preach. Not when they had Paul's letter. Today we'll take Paul's letter and set it aside, or John's letter, and set it aside and tell him what we think about it. And have him stand there and listen to us. Well, that's what they want. They don't want to hear just the, the words, see. But, but what we're to do is do like Nehemiah, see. Read it and give the sense. Cause them 
from the old man to the young one to understand. See? Now that's what it said about what Ezra did. And he did it from how long? Morning. Yeah. But he was uh, he was long-winded reader. All right? Now, the, uh, uh, that was a pattern uh, in churches patterned uh, their, their worship service after this synagogue type of reading. Read the Bible. That's it. And then there was always that command, you see, that came out of the synagogue. If anybody wants to exhort, if you feel like, well, you ought to tell this brother so-and-so over here uh, and the church so-and-so, well, then let him speak on, see. Let him say something. All right, now that was the, that was the original plan and method. Uh, all right. Uh, keep those, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. In other words, the time, it's time's come, uh, now to, uh, for, to know about these things, to understand them. John, to the seven churches, and it's always in the plural in you. The churches. Never the church. There's no such thing as a church of, the, the church of Macedonia, the church of uh, Palestine, the church of Egypt, or the church of Greece, or uh, the church of America. See? Uh, there's no such thing as the Baptist church either, uh, or the Methodist church, or the Presbyterian church. No such thing in, in biblical sense. There are churches, see, all right, uh, which are in Asia. Now, you never saw an invisible church, uh, and he never did. If so, uh, John's got it located over in Asia, see. All right, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. Now, you see this. Uh, this threefold way uh, here, uh, some think that since this was just simply a man's writing, that uh, the writer is taking uh, Satan's beast over there and taking old Nero and said he was, you know, and well, he's not, but he is. Well, he was living. He isn't now because he's dead, but he's going to be raised again, and he is to come, see, and that they pattern. His resurrection after that of the Lord Jesus. Uh, so, uh, and from the seven spirits which are before His throne. All right, you see, this is from God. This is from the Lord Jesus. This is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, more than likely, I, I think that uh, uh, now there may be the the idea that this is referring to. Uh, each like the stars, like the messenger, the angel uh, of each church. Uh, but if it is, it's uh, what it is. It's for uh, the portion or the spirits' power present to each of these churches. The uh, whatever is necessary, the need, the seven churches. That's the complete. That's the perfection. In other words, that's. Uh, uh, there is sufficient grace, there is sufficient uh, power, endowment from God to each church. And uh, so he says, 
uh, and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness. Uh, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness. All right? Uh, the faithful witness, uh, I, I think it uh, nothing wrong of uh, referring it to the entire life of the Lord Jesus from, uh, from the time uh, of his coming into the world. He was a faithful witness. Now, a witness is a person who knows something, who's seen something, and speaks of what he knows, see, and what he has seen. And that's what, uh, and ye shall be witnesses. See, when the Lord talked about his servants, now you're not to witness anything unless you know it, unless you've seen it, see. And, uh, and they, uh, and that's what, uh, uh, that's the way the early disciples treated the resurrection and the testimony concerning Jesus. And they said, we speak that we do know, you know. And that was the, that's the, uh, and uh, when they threatened the apostles, you know, to be silent. How can we be silent? Because they knew something. They had seen something. And they were bearing testimony, faithful testimony to it. Well, Jesus was a faithful witness. Second thing said about him, he's... The first begotten of the dead, firstborn, he's, he's the one, uh, in whom, uh, the, uh, the power and the authority and the, uh, primary rights by inheritance, by the very fact that he's born, he's, he's number one son for the, for the Chinaman, see? He's the number one man. First begotten. It may refer of course, he's the first fruits of them that slept. That's true, but I think it's referring primarily to the to his uh, dignity, to his uh, power, and to his prestige that he has as being uh, uh, as as the power is referred to by a firstborn of a family. See, it's rep- representing that power, and then the ruler or the prince of the kings of the earth. He's ruler of the kings of the earth. This thing's not out of hand. See? See? We learned that in Daniel. Don't you see how book of Revelation? It's going to fit in Daniel just like a glove, buddy. All the way through this thing. And he says, uh, uh, Unto him that loved us and washed or loosed us from our sins in his own blood. Now, uh, you see, uh, the Bible tells us that uh, 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 that if we confess our sins, you know, He's just and faithful to forgive us our sins. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. All right, here again, He says His blood loosed us from our sin. But He's still loving us. He loosed us in the past, but He's loving us. This is present tense, although it's, in the past tense here, in the King James, it, uh, if we were technical about it, we'd say, unto him who loves us and loosed us. See? He continues to love us. Uh, even after he's loosed us, washed us from our sin. And how? By his blood. Cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Well, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I remarked that if the blood of Jesus Christ uh, cleanses us from all sin, then there's no sin left for the church to cleanse. There's no sin left for the for the priest, for the pope, for the preacher, for the laity. There's no 
not even many left for baptism to, to get in there and, and claim to wash away. See, if he loved us and if he loosed us, brother, he did it. And that's and according to the book of Hebrews said, by himself purged our sins. So, uh, and uh, so now that's the doxology of the book. See. Uh, we've uh, we've uh, noticed the superscription or the introduction, the salutation, John to the seven churches. That's he's saluting the church. That's the salutation. Now the doxology, praise to God. Why? Because he has, because he loves us and he's loosed us from our sins. Now then we come uh, to uh, uh, verse six, and it says, and hath made us kings and priests. Unto God and His Father, uh, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. See? Now that's the doxology. That's, uh, what is it? He hath made us kings and priests. He made us a kingdom. We are, we are a kingdom. We're a kingdom of priests. We're a kingdom, uh, of kings. Now, we're not a kingdom just because we've got a king over us. Now that's true. That's been true ever since Adam. That's a universal uh, providence of God. The universal rule and kingdom, uh, kingship of God. He's he's ruled in the nations according to His will all along. He didn't just start doing that when Jesus died. But we are a kingdom because we are going to reign with him as kings we as kings reigning as kings we're uh, uh, that's what daniel said isn't that what daniel said didn't we didn't we say that didn't we see in the seventh chapter that that jesus came the the son of man came and took the kingdom and possessed the kingdom and he lived Reign forever and ever. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is is forever and ever. And then he says, I beheld, just out of a clear sky, looks like the verse there, and he says, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. And then uh, Revelation is going to tell us that they lived and reigned on the earth. Didn't Jesus promise that uh, uh, that uh, that would sit on twelve thrones. Somebody would sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they, we we are a kingdom, not only because we're reigned over and willing to be reigned over, but we are a kingdom because we exercise the power, the authority of kings. Now, of course. Uh, you have to be a premillennialist to believe that, but <clears throat> so <laughs> otherwise, I, 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 I'll let, let let the other fellows uh, deny that. But now, verse seven gives you the theme of the book. Behold, he cometh with clouds. What did Daniel seven thirteen say? You see that we we we. It's going to be hard to stay out. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. All right, behold, he cometh with clouds. 
and every eye shall see him. Now, I believe both of those statements. I believe that he's going to come uh, with the clouds. Matthew uh, 24, 30 in it, verse 30 and 31, tells us that, uh, that immediately after the tribulation of those days, why, there's a sign of the Son of Man in heaven. What is it? And it goes on and tells you that he's coming in the clouds of glory. Now, uh, but now, how is it? Oh, uh, Amalek always asks me, oh, you don't believe that, that every eye shall see him. How can it? How is it possible for every eye to see him? Well, I didn't say every eye to see him at the same time. He said every eye'd see him though. I believe every eye's gonna everybody's gonna see him. But what this point is, it's a it's just, it's not so much as pinpointing each and every individual of the human race seeing Jesus at this point here. At his coming. The 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 thought is that it is public. You see, Jesus taught uh in Matthew twenty four well, now, if somebody comes out there in the desert and says, Now, look, he's, he's out yonder. The Messiah's out there. Oh, we know he's there. We've seen him. Another come in. Oh, no, he's down here in the city. He's already got in town. He's, he's down there in the closet. He's in a, he's in a private office down there. He's in so-and-so's office. Now, he says, Believe it not. In other words, the, the, right here in the opening pages of the book of Revelation, Jesus is telling us, God is telling us that Jesus is going to come, but he's going to come back publicly. He answers uh, the questions uh, over in, in Matthew 24. A man told me uh, not, not long ago, he says, uh, that, that coming, that Christ not coming there. And the word is peruso. Uh, and... Uh, and then I read uh, into the tape here the other night uh, a paragraph from uh, a writer, George L. Murray, and uh, he said he qu- he quoted he ge- he was uh, he was tearing down argument made by dispensationalists that the word coming in in First Thessalonians four meant coming all the way, uh, but the dispensationalists interprets Perusa there is coming part way, halfway, up in the clouds and stopping. But I pointed out that, oh boy, he was just eating the dispensationalists up. And that yet the same word in Matthew 24, uh, 30, 31 here, uh, is Perusa. He, he, he skipped that. He didn't say that. But in his book he says uh, that this coming is invisible. This coming is a coming uh, that was coming in judgment. Peruso. Now, this man that was ridiculing the dispensation for, for believing that First Thessalonians 4, uh, the coming there is Peruso, and they said that he stops. And well, now then I can turn right back to Mr. Murray and say, well, now then you've denied it completely in Matthew 24. See? Now, this is his coming. This is a rival. This is he comes... At a point, you'll see him. Behold, every eye shall see him. And he cometh with clouds. That's him personally, not coming. Uh, uh, now, there are many times in the Bible 
that coming does represent God coming in judgment. It represents Him coming in power. It represents Him coming in the sense of, uh, of delivering a message where He personally was not present. But Matthew 24 is talking about the personal coming uh, of Jesus. This is talking about the personal coming of Jesus. But there's no, uh, no post-millennialist will believe that this is a personal coming. See? No amillennialist will believe this is a personal coming. Behold, he cometh. Well, that just means that uh, he's going to exert his power. He's going to exert uh, his energy. He's going to control things all right, see? But I believe this has reference to his personal visible coming forever I shall see him. I don't know how. I couldn't answer that. I don't believe the book of Revelation because I can explain it, because I understand it. I believe it because I believe that God gave this word to, to Jesus. And I believe every word of it so. And uh, I, I believe that we ought to study it and believe it. But now he says, uh, And they, and also, uh, they which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. All right, uh, here uh, he's combining uh, Daniel 7 together with uh, Zechariah 12, 10. Zechariah 12 tells you about uh, this, uh, that there will be a time of, uh, of sorrow. Every tribe apart will mourn. talks about the mourning of, of Jews at the coming of Jesus. Now, I don't think he's talking about a, a time of mourning of conversion, of repentance. I don't think it's because they are repenting here and believing and being being converted and and becoming children of God. They uh, this is uh, this is a terror upon uh, uh, the Jews. That's going to show how they will be affected. They that pierced it, uh, because it, it tells about uh, from due to the fact that it's a reference to Zechariah twelve. Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also.